Welcome into another episode of the New York Curb Podcast presented by Visa. I'm your host, Olivia Landis. This week, we are going to be starting a new semi-series called the Team Reporter Series. I'd like to welcome in a few team reporters from around the league. We're going to be talking a lot about our experience as women in the league. So without further ado, I'd love to welcome in Serena Morales with the Rams, Madeline Burke with the Giants, Lara Overton with the Colts, and Maddie Glab with the Bills. Ladies, ladies, thank you so much for joining me. This is going to be so much fun. So stoked to be here. Let's go crazy. I love it. We're just introducing everybody into our group text message, which could be a good or bad thing sometimes. I don't know. I don't know. Exactly. For all of us to talk to Right. Welcome to installment one of the group chat. Basically, that's really what this is. It's like an extended version of our group chat. So everybody around the world right now who's listening to the podcast, uh, we have a group chat and now we're kind of letting you in a little bit on our conversations. Uh, We always talk about so many different things, right, ladies? We talk about work, life, everything in between that goes on inside the job of being a team reporter. So with, with that, let's kind of roll into our first topic, ladies. Let's talk a little bit about that work-life balance. I think, um, I don't know about you guys, but I don't know what a normal version of work-life balance is to everybody else. It seems like it's more like a, you know, 40-hour work week, nine to five, but for us, it looks a little bit different, right? <laughs> I mean, during the season, um, there's really no telling because our schedule is all over the place. So I'd love to toss this out there for a work-life balance what does that look for each of us individually, especially in the off season? Because I'm not, I know I'm not the only person who gets this question. What do you do in the off season? What is your job like in the off season? So I'm going to throw it to you, ladies. Serena, you can start off. What is exactly a work-life balance for a team reporter in the National Football League? And, and we should preface this, right? When, yes. when women are asked this question also, they got to do stuff too, but the problem is they don't have makeup, they don't have hair, they don't have nails, they don't have fake eyelashes to pop on their eyeballs. <laughs> so when you talk about work-life balance for a female, there are actually some differences because it takes a little longer with an expectation that a woman is supposed to have like J-Lo hair every day. Shout out to Lara who actually has that today. <laughs> the actual work-life balance for any reporter i'd say you are constantly reading like the reading glasses and or your prescription lenses contact lenses are in you are staring at a computer or a phone because we don't use newspapers anymore and you're i mean you wake up and you're like going through twitter right you got to make sure you know what the heck is going on because if you comment on anything you're like up. Oh, too soon, didn't know that someone had something or got bit by a spider. Like there's always news changing. I always. constantly keep up on my specific team as well as big news around the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I try and keep up with like whatever, you know, baseball, basketball, whatever else is happening because those guys are also paying attention to that stuff as well. So you want to just be in the know, especially in the off season, I'm doing my job. I'm like, okay, I have a list. You know, we talk about passion planners last time on the group. Oh, this was big in the in the group chat oh, right yeah. here, the passion planner. I still have it pulled up. But Mama has, like, the list of the <laughs> roster in the off-season practice squad, the coaches included, and I do my, like, due diligence to try and, hey, what's going on with you? Got any plans this off-season? 
when things start, have you talked to any coaches? So I just do my offline, like checking in constantly. And then there's always like, if you are a fan of any sport or any team, there's content and tweets that get put up every single day. Those are usually associated with your team reporter, your writer, your website, your social media, like the producers that have to create content. You're prepping for the draft, the combine or pro days now. Um, so, and you're preparing for a season because during the season, ain't nobody got time to be prepping for a new idea. Those ideas come in the off season. So, um, I say this as a full-time staff member, Maddie, I know you jump around a ton, so it's Mm -hmm. probably a little different for you, but similarly, we're all doing research and constantly keeping up on what's going on throughout the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. And to your point, like I, I do jump around. And so that is like a very different, uh, space but it's also very similar as well because during the season like you mentioned we are on it and it's like day in day out and it's instead of you know it's every week it's just like a rhythm you know on Tuesdays we do this on Thursdays we do that on Sundays on game days we do this and it's just kind of lather rinse repeat and staying on top of all the latest and and kind of plugged in and when the season ends I don't know about you guys but for me there's almost like this like postpartum or like just like this okay now we've come to like a sudden stop and it's like what do I do with all of like my like mental space and like what do I think about and all that kind of stuff because you know if, if whether the Super Bowl ends and you know you're Casey Phillips and the and the Tampa Bay Bucks and you guys just won and now it's whatever or you don't make the playoffs so you're watching but you're also like not as engaged because you're not covering it you're not working at it and so it's like this weird thing going from like 90 miles an hour at all times to just a full stop and kind of adjusting but you know, it is good to take time, at least for me, to like recharge my battery, to just completely unplug for at least a couple days every once in a while, because then mm-hmm. it's like you can look at things with fresh eyes. Because I feel like for me, if I'm constantly plugged in, I just get burnt out. Or it's like when you stare at a menu, but don't actually read it. And then the waiter comes over and you're like, I'm sorry, I have no idea what any of this even says. I'm just staring blankly. <laughs> but, in, you know, and for me too, like I do cover basketball as well for Sports Illustrated. So I like to try to keep myself fresh, but also, you know, I'm, I'm right now at this time of year, I'm a little bit more heavily plugged into basketball, but I'm trying to stay on top of, you know, we've got not a combine this year, all the pro days, like Serena mentioned, and we've got, you know, a very different way. And then, you know, you've got uh, the new league year coming up and we're going to have free agency soon enough and the draft and all these things to prepare for. And so I'm trying to balance and compartmentalize the different sports that I'm covering while also just like making sure that I have a fresh perspective, that I'm rest. Cause it's, you know, just like any job, you want to take care of yourself so that you can approach it with the best, mm-hmm. you know, energy and, and with what we do too, since we're front facing, we're not just having to just, okay, here's the information. We also have to be, hey, like, I'm going to deliver it in a way that you want to hear it, you know? And if I'm, like, exhausted and burnt out, I'm like, hey, guys. <laughs> like, no, gonna, people are going to be like, no. yeah. Right, it's so fun, back. too. Yeah. Literally. It, I think it's a common misconception. I'll say that. I think it's a common misconception by um, the average person, which is, you know, it's fair. A lot of people, until you sit down and explain, I actually do – X, Y, and Z that you probably didn't know about. They're like, oh, wow, you do all of that during the during the offseason? It's like, well, an offseason isn't really an offseason, you know? You still have to cover the combine, senior bowl, draft, free agency, and then before you know it, when you blink an eye, it's already training camp season. But um, I'd love to throw this Lara and Maddie's way now. We talk a lot about 
the entire season. And Madeline, you touched on it. It could be draining if you don't kind of take a step back and be like, okay, this is where I'm at. This is a long season. Let me take a deep breath. And then from there, kind of move on. But how do you, and like I said, I'd like to throw this to Lara and Maddie's way. How do you balance that? Okay, let me get my job done and take a break, but also let me get back ready. And like Madeline said, be energized and be ready to deliver this in a way where you want to receive it. I like brace for impact almost whenever anyone <laughs> is like, oh, so how do you stay busy? Oh, things must have really slowed down in the off season. It's almost like when you're watching a baseball game and you're like hoping the announcer doesn't say that the pitcher has a no hitter going into the seventh. You're like, Don't say it. Don't say it. Because it was like the first week of the off season, you know, my neighbors would see me. I was like still, I was working from home at that point. And they'd see me like walking my dog and stuff. They're like, oh, so it must be nice to have things slowing down in the off season. I'm like, no, because then our left tackle retired, our quarterback retired. I'm like, <laughs> no one else jinx this anymore like I, I can't handle any more breaking news um so it's it's really funny because it is such a misconception of like the off season and I always argue Madeline you were saying this like at least with this season it's predictable you're on that routine of doing you know exactly what you're going to be doing on your Monday Tuesday Wednesday and you shift gears then prepping for like the next game in the next week but you have your kind of content schedule and certainly things come up where you're doing something differently like you know if if there's an injury situation, hopefully not. Or if a guy is, you know, in our case, you know, AFC special teams player of the week or whatever it happens to be, you have those things that you adapt for and you adjust for and, and all of that and different things that evolve. But in the off season, it almost feels busier in some ways because you are doing so much brainstorming and all of these, you kind of shift gears in a completely different fashion and you're doing kind of more creating of the content in terms of coming up with the ideas rather than just executing it. And, I always feel like with this whole work-life balance conversation, I don't know, maybe it's more of even a, a myth than it is a philosophy, but um, it's at sometimes your balance is going to like take it day by day. At some days, maybe you get close to that, you know, 50-50. It's like, you know, Coach Reich would always talk about, you know, when he was asked, this past season about the ratio between where do you want to see the pass and the run game? He's like, it's going to be different based on our opponent, based on our personnel, based on all these, based on the game plan, different things. We're not always going to be a 50, 50 run pass balance or a 60, 40. It's going to look a whole lot different week to week. And I feel that way about work-life balance. Some days, man, you hit it really good and you feel like you have things, um, you know, kind of in equilibrium, but then other days, you know, maybe work does take more um, of a heavy toll and it's an 80, 20, 80 work, 20, you know, life. And then there are other days when you can't be apologetic if it's, Hey, I'm taking a 90% life day and a 10% work day. So for me, I feel like that that is showing yourself a little bit of grace and knowing that some days are going to be more work centric. And then on the days that are more life centric, you you allow yourself that. But I think it's just kind of approaching, trying, you know, kind of approaching each day as its own as its own game day in some respects you know like you have your quarters you break it down maybe at lunchtime that's your halftime you reset and kind of evaluate where you are that day but there's like a tweet that um i don't i'm sure you guys have probably seen it, it it's blown up over the past couple of days but lindsey gibbs um 
she's in sports as well. So she totally gets this life. And she tweeted yesterday or not yesterday, March 1st. So just a couple days ago, stop glamorizing the grind and start glamorize getting seven plus hours of sleep at night, having healthy relationships, feeling safe at work, taking sick days, being paid a living wage, working hard when you're at work, boundaries and self-caring your way to success. And she has like a whole thread, but I thought that she's at Lynn's sports if you want to follow her. But I thought that that was really timely as we were preparing to have you know, this, this conversation about exactly what that looks like. And just knowing that it's going to look a little bit different from everybody. And just because maybe you're not, you know, hitting it 24 seven and you're answering every email as it comes into your inbox and replying to every tweet, as soon as it's set, doesn't mean that you're not, um, not working hard and that you're not serious about your job, those boundaries and those parameters and taking each day as it's, um, you know, as its own, you know, challenge for yourself is really important. Yeah, let's be honest. I think as we're all listening to all of us explain what being in the off season is like, there really is no off season. There are so many events that happen in the off season that make the off season like a regular season. And Larry, you're talking about how you hit the off season and then all this breaking news happens. So it's like almost don't even say the word off season. Like, shh, don't say it because once you say it, <laughs> news is going to break and there goes your your week of chillness or whatever but the off season yes we we get some more time to like relax breathe out and, and maddie was saying it too you hit the full stop and it's like postpartum like i mean the bills made it to the afc championship game we lost the chiefs but after that game i was so sad that the season was over for a couple weeks i wanted to keep playing. I wanted, I wanted next year to happen already. And that's how I still kind of feel. I mean, being in the season and having a schedule, like we do knowing what we're doing every day. I love it. Um, I cannot wait till we hit week one. I'm already ready. I think it also plays into the part that the bills had such great season this past year that I'm so excited for next season already, but it is nice to, to refuel, to take a second to, learn from last season to take some vacations and i know that coronavirus and and this whole season that we've had during a pandemic has kind of thrown everybody's schedule out of whack but we all get a little bit of time to to reset to get away whether that's a staycation who knows what the world is going to look like here in the next couple months hopefully we can all get out of town and enjoy some time on a beach or at a, in a mountain wherever and not worry about the pandemic um but the off season for me is also a time to learn some more. So I, yeah. every off season, try and learn something new about the game of football. I did not play football growing up. Uh, I played other sports. I played softball for most of my life, but didn't play football. And so for me, a lot of my job in the off season is trying to learn more of the X's and O's and tack on another thing to what I know, to my arsenal, to how I can talk about the game re-watching games and things like that and like everybody has always already talked about it's also about creating and and be and coming up with new ideas because once you hit the season you have no time to think about anything else other than what's on your plate for that day and really preparing for the game on sunday on thursday on monday or like we saw this past year you could have a game on tuesday or wednesday as well who knows <laughs> but the work-life balance i think i mean i'm terrible at it i think people in our industry can sometimes not be the best at it because we are such yeah. work 
Netflix. And it's really hard to hit pause because the industry that we're in, it says, go, 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 go. And that's what we do for six months out of the year, Monday through Sunday. And so it's hard to pull the covers off of that and be like, is this healthy to do this? <laughs> yeah, is it? It's a question, though. Serious question. I mean, it's hard. Like, help whoever's listening, help me because no, I am yeah. just like it's. It's also you guys will understand this like it's also like oh back when we got to hang out and do social things right when we went out to dinner and, and had big gatherings and stuff like that when yeah. even when you're off work like people want to ask you about your job right I mean it's a yeah. cool job like it is like such I mean it is a blessing it is such a privilege to have one of these very few opportunities that there are in sports to be an NFL team reporter not even every NFL team has one so it is something where you know your family at the holidays they want to talk to you about the team or want to talk about what you're doing your friends want to ask and so it makes it additionally hard to even when you're in social situations completely removed from your job itself that these conversations are going to come up because we got into it because we're passionate about sports we love being able to have these conversations and we love that there are people out there who are so passionate about what we do like what an opportunity that that is so it makes it harder as well because you do have an expectation of even when you're away from your job people people who really love you um yeah. and, and are excited for your job but they want to talk about it as well so that's something you know that's that's difficult as well as to have that off switch when it is a such a natural talking point just among conversation with people who you're around yeah but what are what are they what are some of those things? Um, sorry, Sarin, you want to go? Go ahead. You had something else to add to that. Family members that care about us to ask us these stupid <laughs> questions all the time. No, I'm kidding. It's like it's like I appreciate you asking, but it's yes. the same question <laughs> every time. True. But, we got a um, weird sign in the off season that says "Do not ask me about football" from <laughs> this month to this month. From now until that. July, do not ask especially, me about football. Especially when the new league year doesn't begin until March seventeenth, so you can't talk about certain things that may or yeah. may not have happened that might be pending. Or oh, I wonder what happened. <laughs> <laughs> but what are they for you guys? What are some of those um, things that you are able to kind of? take pleasure in, in the off season that maybe you're not able to do that during the season. Because for me personally, when I think about it, I'm like, all right, work-life balance in the off season, even though it is still crazy, you definitely have a little bit more wiggle room and a lot more flexible time to do the things that you love to do. So for me, I, I enjoy having the weekends back. I don't know yeah. about you guys, but it's nice during the off season to be able to plan a quick trip or sleep in if I want, or on a Sunday, I love Sundays to just chill so those are the things for me that I enjoy during the off season that I feel like those are a plus. Those are the things with the work-life balance that kind of evens out in the off season. I yeah. also feel like we all check back in with our friends too. It's like, Hey, yeah. sorry, I was gone for six months, but I'm back guys. How are you? Sorry. Doing? I ignored your text for a month and a half and then got back to you. <laughs> Will you still be friends with me? But yeah, I mean, it's checking back in with the people that you care about. Of course you're in constant communication yeah. with your family, if you're close to your family. Um, but checking back in with those friends for me, it's, it's taking some time off and traveling and leaving Buffalo, New York. I love Buffalo. People give Buffalo such a bad rep because it's cold. I mean, it was snowing here today. It's March 4th. So it snowed for a couple hours today. So I understand that, but I love getting out and traveling, seeing people. As soon as the season ended, I 
went out to Colorado for 10 days and went snowboarding. My brother lives out there. Whoop, whoop. I would be lying if I, if I. Went from snow to snow. I, know. <laughs> I, I love it. It's, it's my release. I love snowboarding. I have to get out there once a year to go to Me Colorado. too, girl. Born I know you're from Colorado, Colorado Olivia. So Snowboarder I, I all the way. get it. Yeah. Um, but I would be lying if I said that I had like 50 Airbnb tabs open right now because i definitely do um <laughs> i have like a document of like okay what are some dates that i can get away and do some things what is the world gonna look like in a couple of months again we don't know but i find joy in getting to plan you know long weekends a vacation here there getting away getting to a beach getting somewhere warm to just unplug and reset that's that's what it is for me and getting to spend time with friends and family and loved ones i'm sure yeah. it's similar for for you ladies too yeah absolutely i mean i don't know lara serena is it different for you guys because i have to agree with um you manny on the vacation part for sure because i i usually take my vacation time in the summer um and i'm usually on a beach i'm usually yeah. on a beach man i can't like or i'll go back home to colorado but somewhere outside of where I'm, I'm always at for work. That's like always the big goal. I was able to take a trip. Uh, we just went down to Florida, like Longboat Key area, five days at the end of January. And it was perfect. And the funny thing for me is um, like life craziness. So I had a, a pandemic wedding. I got married July 25th, right before the season. So of course, like everyone was like, Oh, where are you going on your honeymoon? I was like, I think we're going to wait until like, maybe things feel a little bit safer to travel. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, like if I'm not traveling for road games this year, I'm definitely not like just hopping on a plane to attempt to like go on a vacation somewhere and risk like coming back and not being able to be in the building to do my job to cover game days. Right. Or, or at least we were in training camp um at, at that point in time and at least be around for those types of things but i was able to get a trip which was which was awesome first time that we've had that time since we got married at the end of july but the other thing for me is i in the past year have really tried to have dedicated time in the course of every single day no matter how hectic it is for like movement and meditation so one of the things that i started november 1st 2019 we were on the road in Pittsburgh getting ready to play the Steelers. And I decided that I was going to start this streak of running at least one mile every day. Oh, I saw and, that, Lara. And I just, oh, thank you. I, I decided I was initially going to do, I was like, okay, if I go from November 1st to the end of the year, that's kind of a good thing because that was 2019 was my first season in the league. So, I mean, it's like drinking out of a fire hose, like your first year. Right. So True. this was something where it was no matter where I am, no matter if we were on the road, this that I could at least like lace up, get on like a treadmill or get out and run or whatever. So one mile a day. So I decided to do it up until the end of the year, made it to the end of the year. And decided I was going to go for 100 days. And then 100 days turned into 200 days. Then 200 was like, all right, might as well see if I can do this for a year. So I'm at day 490 now. And then what? I also, yes. Wow. So that's, that's kind of my little sliver of balance in every single day. Where if, if I have nothing else, 
I have those roughly 10 minutes or 15, you know, whatever it is that day that I've gotten out. I like for me, one of the most cathartic things in my life is to sweat and breathe heavy. So like I need that like exertion, like I need to just like go out and be able to do that. And then I've also subscribed uh, to different meditations. So I am not as consistent with those as I need to be. I need to be as diligent with my meditation practice as I have with um, the runs. But I was... Um, all my, all I last April did like these 10 minute meditations at some point every day. And those were incredibly helpful, especially with as stressful as the last year has been that time of year mm. where things seem to be spiraling out of control. Those were incredibly helpful for me to focus internally and be really mindful about how I'm spending my time because it is so easy to like mindlessly waste your time. So for me, mm -hmm. I feel like that if I can be, if I can be more committed and more diligent with how I'm spending my time and it's like, okay, this project says it's going to take, let's, I think it's going to take three hours, but if I really lock in and I don't, you know, fumble over and check social media while I'm doing it. Oh, Hey, now I spent 90 minutes instead getting something done and allocated to that. Hey, then I don't have to grind for like a 12 hour um, type of day. I can accomplish this in a, in, you know, in a more concise manner because I've been focused on exactly the task at hand because I have been able to settle in, you know, and, and have not all of those thoughts swarming around my brain. The meditation kind of helps me, you know, delineate those things and have those pockets of time where I can feel more focused and, and more centered. And for those of you who do not know, Lara was a grade A badass track athlete in college. So just a little reference there. In the glory days, so long ago. <laughs> so cool though. Like, I, I literally can't imagine. I'm not going to lie. I'm not a runner. Like I was always an athlete growing up and stuff, but running was just like, not my thing. Like I like to lift weights and stuff and like do workouts like that. But I commend you. Like, Thank what'd you, you say? You're on 459? 490. Yeah. And what I've told oh people, start. I have a lot of people who have reached out about starting and I've told them like, it doesn't have to be a run. It's just whatever time or whatever activity it is. Like yeah. I know some people who do, it's a walk or it's just stretching um, mm. or it's, you know, maybe core work or whatever. So it's just like that, whether it's 10 minutes, five minutes, 15, yeah. whatever works best for you. So it can be like any of those things for me, it's running, but it can be, you know, whatever serves you and is most fulfilling to you. That makes sense. What about you, Serena? What are some of your like off season or I guess even, I mean, Lara was talking about in season two, some of those things that you're able to indulge in when you're not working. Yeah. I mean, for me, you guys kind of mentioned it. There is a, a part where everything stops and then you're like, yo, what am I doing with my time? Like all of a sudden I have like 10 arms. I'm capable of doing so much more. <laughs> yeah. Arms become an octopus. So I think, you know, there are parts of our job that I, so I come from a very, um, not traditional background when it comes to sports media. Like I used to work at National Geographic. I used to work at True TV before mm -hmm. uh, taking a job with ESPN. So for me, but but I was always honing. I was always, because they're like, how did you just get to ESPN? I was like, well, I was always practicing on camera skills, being a reporter, asking questions, kind of fine tuning that. And so my mother, school teacher in the Bronx, New York, was teaching um, way back when I was a kid, my my babysitter was my mom's English classes. She taught English as a second language and she would bring in improv uh, instructors to teach her students, even if they didn't speak English, she would teach them how to pick up social cues and 
the act of listening. If you hear a word, you might be able to respond better. And those are all things that we need as reporters. And so for me, a lot of times, um, like I've taken Groundlings classes, which is a popular improv school out in Los Angeles. I've done, um, I go to a lot of Second City shows when I'm in Chicago or um, I do the improv in New York City. So like I take improv classes, I'm watching a lot of different media that I wouldn't get to watch during the season, late night television, HGTV, uh, National Geographic, like things that I'm like, yo, I'm listening to classical music. I'm trying to ask people for new, new music. So it's constantly like, what can I do to change my brain so that I'm not in this constant um, space of football, 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 because that's going to set me up then to when I am thinking about football, some prep over here that might have been my time to meditate or might have been my time to take myself out of football. All of a sudden, yo, how'd you think of that idea? How'd you think of that question? Oh, well, you know, I was doing this random improv class. I was watching Jimmy Kimmel one night, and <laughs> really funny joke, and I was kind yeah. of prepared for it. So I think when we take the time off, it's like smart prep. It's like, I will rest. I will do these things. So my mind is fresh. Like, you know, I do those like word scramble games. And sometimes you just put the sucker down. And I'm like, I couldn't think of the word the. Wait, <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, that was, I could have thought about that if I just put my phone down for a second. So, yeah. But you do improv classes? Yeah, improv. It's that so cool. My dream job is to be on SNL one day. And I've always wanted to try um, improv classes. Like I've always, in, in college, I took acting. Like legit before I became, uh, went to school for sports broadcast and became a reporter with the Jets, legit my dream job was to be an actress. Like loved like drama classes, theater, wow. everything in college. Meryl Streep, she's killing the game right now. <laughs> Natalie, thank you for um we, we lost you just for a quick second, but you're back. Of, she back. She Don't back. worry, back. back. In the time you were gone, we answered like one more question. So one you question. Didn't anything because we all talk so much. Good, because I literally just spent like eight minutes on the phone with Spectrum because Work from home life is very challenging when the work internet suddenly life, yes. decides I don't feel like working today. <laughs> well, what do you uh, what do you love to do? So, what we were talking about just now, we were talking about some of the things we feel like we get to indulge in, or some of the things we get to enjoy more outside of work. Like we talked about vacation time. Um, we talked about Lara spoke on running and exercise, vacation, all that stuff. What is it for you? What it, what do you enjoy doing that, during the off season that maybe oh, yeah. you couldn't do during the season? I love a good vacation anywhere with like warm weather. A beach is just like oh, this, the ocean is just like my serenity now. And I'm from LA originally, and so it's just like very much like okay at peace in the salt water. But yeah, I mean to Lara's point too, I love exercising, running. I mean no no, no. let me take that back. I do not like running. But I like, I like what happens after I run where I feel like refreshed and I feel like fit. But yeah, like the entire process of running is just a, a struggle. Um, but also like, or I love swimming too. My building has a, a lap pool and I was a lifeguard for years. So that's one of those things like anything Me too. in water. Yes, yes. Lifeguard life. Lifeguard life. And also just like watching good movies or reading good books and all that kind of stuff. And just kind of immersing in something else because you know I think a lot of things too is like with us we work in sports and I think people think like that's all of our lives and while I mean I'll yeah, speak yeah. for myself I love sport I love football I love basketball like 
I love being a part of it, but I also have other interests, you know, like my, mm-hmm. I'm really into movies. I grew up around, my dad's a filmmaker and I just, I'm really into like old films or arty films or whatever. Or I like, you know, reading a good book or just kind of just things that, that or, or art, you know, going to a museum or painting or what have you. And just like kind of finding ways to create that creativity that isn't, uh, you know, and like Serena said too, it'll, it'll jog like a thing. You're like, oh, here's something creative that I'm doing that is completely unrelated to my job, but it might give me an idea of how I can relate it to my job and come back and say, oh, you know what? We could do this and this could actually be fun content. So I never thought about that. And to your point, like when you guys think about football only, sorry, there's an echo somewhere. I apologize. But um, when you think about football only, but then you look at these new savants, all these young head coaches like the Sean McVay's, like that guy changed the way running an 11 personnel, you know, on offense, like he's thinking about different things. And so we got to do the same, like this dude is becoming the most successful man in football. Well then, you know, for all those listening that are like, I just want to watch sports all day. And I'm going to give you that (laughs) voice because that's what the majority of you sound like. But, you know, I think it's really healthy to take that time off. You're going to actually be, you know, they always talk high school students, right? Yo, don't just play one sport. Get those yeah, muscles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's that's your freaking brain. You yeah, like quarterbacks, quarterbacks who play baseball and learn, you know, the throwing, mm-hmm. the throwing motions, or or football players who take dance and ballet and stuff like that for the footwork. And it's just like it's a similar cool. skill, but using a different approach to it. Yeah, totally. Um, all right, we're going to jump to something else because I'd love to talk about this a little bit. Um, untold stories of team reporters in the NFL. <laughs> I'm sure we can. <laughs> we're all laughing here because I'm sure we can think of a billion different stories, but I'm going to start off with actually a pretty funny story. Um, it was like my first year, my first season as a reporter in the NFL. And you guys know that first year is so just Lara, I, was it you who said it? it literally feels like you're drinking from a, a fire hose? That's like the That's it. perfect way, perfect way to put it. But um, first year, 2017, you know, fresh out of college, super excited to be in the NFL. All this, I was walking on the field and um, I ran into these two gentlemen, some older cats, and they were like, hey, do you mind taking um, a picture for us? I was like, yeah, sure. No problem. So I like, And mind you, you guys know game day attire, you still have to dress professional, like blazer or dress, whether it's a jumpsuit, whatever it is, you're still dressing professional, right? So I'm sitting there trying to take a picture of these guys on the field, and then I hand them back the phone, and they look at me and they're like, you're a cheerleader, right? (laughs) And I was like, excuse me? (laughs) They're like, yeah, you're a cheerleader, right? I was like, no, like no disrespect to the cheerleaders, but I'm, I'm actually a team reporter. And they literally like looked at me, chuckled and walked away. And that was like my first kind of smack reality hit. Like, oh, wow. <laughs> like, like people literally don't always respect like the female job in this, in, in the league. So that is my little untold story in the NFL, which I laugh about to this day. I think it's funny now, but just a small part of some of the things that we deal with. And now you're kicking ass, like, and hosting this incredible podcast in addition to everything else. So I like wonder, I wonder what those guys are thinking now when they like obviously see who you are. They're probably like, oh, wait, I definitely made some assumptions and some, yes. you know, generic um, preconce- or preconceived notions, you know, about all yes. of this. 
I mean, I know, I know sometimes uh, we get funny stories like that, or just some of the crazy things that I think we have to deal with that I don't think people, people always realize some of the things that we have to deal with. So I'm going to throw it out there. Does anybody have an untold story or something funny or worth mentioning that we'd like to talk about on the pod? <laughs> I've got a crazy story of being on the road and this was when I was in college. So this was before I was a team reporter. Um, I was at Mizzou. Shout out Mizzou. I know, I know we've got a Q's grad on here, Serena. Wow. <laughs> Fine words. <laughs> I know, right? There's always the top three, Mizzou, Syracuse, Northwestern, and our, the grads go at each other because, yep. you know, there's so many great journalism schools out there. And um, I know everybody, all of the team reporters, everybody went to an awesome school and got such a great education. Um, so there's so many to choose from and pick from. I always get a lot of questions about, you know, if I want to do this, where do I go to school? You have a bunch of options and the options keep growing every year. But story time. So it was my senior year in college, I want to say. We were covering the SEC championship game, which was in the Dome in Atlanta. So before Mercedes-Benz Stadium was even a thing where the Falcons used to play, Mizzou was playing against Auburn in the SEC championship game. We are staying kind of near the stadium in, in an area that wasn't – it wasn't one of the nicer areas. It was a little bit more run down, but hey – you know, we couldn't afford to stay at a super nice hotel. We were just there on the local TV's budget, um, which you're not staying in any super nice places anyway, if you're on a local TV budget, by the way. Um, and so I was working for KOMU, our local affiliate station, as a sports reporter there. And we have the game. We get our butts kicked by Auburn. I am so upset because it's my senior year. I am done covering Mizzou. Um, Trey Mason, Nick Marshall ran all over Mizzou's defense. It wasn't even a close game. So I'm upset that this part of my life is over. We get back to the hotel after, after finishing our show after the game. So it is later than late, probably around one in the morning. I want to say two in the morning we get back because we had like an 11 o'clock show. Try and get into our hotel room. Our key card would not work to get into our hotel room. I am in a blazer, high heels, dress pants, painted my face 20 times by the end of that day because we had so many hits before the game and after mm -hmm. the game. You know, I just want to put on sweatpants. I just want to be comfortable. I just want to go to sleep because we are driving back to Missouri at the butt crack of dawn. Can't get into our room, go downstairs, ask like the, the concierge, hey, our, our key cards aren't working. Do you know what's going on? Could you get us a new card? And she's like, well, I don't know what's going on, but let me, let me make a few phone calls. So we figure out that the key cards aren't working because the battery in the door has died. So I oh, know that <laughs> operated. Shout out technical difficulties right there. <laughs> So it wasn't working and oh. it was in an area that was, like I said, wasn't the best area and wasn't the best hotel room. And so she was like, yeah, our guy who fixes that stuff isn't going to be back at the hotel for a couple of days. So we can get you another room, but we can't get you into your room. I'm like, are you kidding me? You and all your stuff. You're telling me I can't get into my hotel room where I am Ooh. leaving in like six hours to drive back to Missouri. Isn't going to be here for another two days. So I say, can we break the door? Yeah. 
And she's like, <laughs> I, I'm saying, she's like, yeah. No, yes. no, yes. I'm like, do you have a crowbar? And so we get a crowbar and we start knocking the door to shreds. Oh my God. Like legit, like a legit crowbar. We had people coming into the hallway being like, what is this noise? And this feels like the shining. Like I feel like Maddie's going to bust through the door. <laughs> so people helped us break the door and we were able to get into our room and get our stuff, which by that time it was like four in the morning, got maybe an hour of sleep and then got on the road to get to Missouri to get back home to Missouri. So these are things that happen on the road that, you know, you may not think would ever happen to you breaking down a hotel room door. And I was like, I am not paying for this. This is not my fault. This This is not an incidental. Especially because you're like a student too. You're like, 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 I I don't have money to pay for this. Also, what were they expecting you to wait like four days just, you know, in the hallway in the clothes on your back, like with everything that you own? Seriously though, like it's cool. I'll wait in the hallway. Like I'll, I'll sleep on the ground use my heel as a pillow like no big deal that's the thing too i think a lot of people don't realize about our industry is like how many like late night travel situations it's not all like this glamorous like oh we've got our makeup done and we're on tv and we're talking what you see on instagram and then it's like okay now it's 6 a.m i gotta get on a flight or i gotta get here or whatever i have a story actually kind of like similar to that on the 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 pre-nfl days uh before covering the NFL, I was covering the Clippers for five years. And when I was there, uh, we were playing, we were on a road trip and it was the first night of a back-to-back. We were playing in Denver and then flying out to play in Phoenix the next night. And Denver, I don't know if you guys have ever been to a basketball game in Denver, at the Pepsi Center, but the court is like a little bit raised off the ground. And then on the corners, there are these little gaps or there are these little like kind of things that go down. But on one corner, there's like a gap between the, the ramp and the court. Oh no. And so full disclosure, like I'm wearing a new skirt and like, I'll be honest, I felt like I looked cute. So I was like walking around, you know, doing my pregame stuff. And then the lights come down, the national anthem and all that kind of stuff. And they start doing intros. So I'm walking off the court to finish up my pregame before I go up to the seat to cover the actual game. And as I'm walking off the court, I don't see the gap between the court and the the ledge. And my heel gets stuck and I full on like chalk outline, like hit the ground, like just boom. And by the time I like real, like I like hit the ground and then as that's happening, the lights are coming up and I'm just like, okay, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. (laughs) And like, you know, that feeling when you fall so hard that like your knee has its own pulse. And so it was like, my knee was pulsing, my elbows are pulsing. I did not feel like, I was like, everything hurts. So I just slowly stand up, dust myself up, start walking out the tunnel. And all of a sudden I hear, miss, I turn around. The security guy is running after me, taking his coat off. Apparently when I hit the ground, I split my skirt open and was face down bare ass in front of 17,000 people. (laughs) No. (laughs) He gives me his coat. I put it around myself. I run back into our locker room and I ask Pete, our then uh, equipment manager, I'm like, Pete, tell me you have sweatpants. He's like, we're on a back-to-back. We're flying out to Phoenix in like the second the game is over. So literally all of the equipment that is not being used in the game is already on the plane. So 
I'm running around trying to find something to cover my bottom so I can work. This is before the game even starts. I find a scarf. I had a scarf. So I wrapped the scarf around myself and then put my like broken skirt over it. So it looked like a sensor bar almost. <laughs> and I worked the rest of the game with like bloody knees and this like Aww. busted ass thing. And I was whatever. And I remember in the locker room afterwards, like Chris Paul was like, I mean, usually you're, you're good at putting outfits together, but what is this you're going with? <laughs> So we get we, after the game, I finish it. I do my interviews, whatever. We get on the plane and one of the equipment guys has a pair of sweatpants on the plane that he gives me. My knees are still throbbing. My elbows are throbbing. We fly from Denver to Phoenix. We get to the hotel there and like we're getting our hotel key cards and whatever. And I'm just exhausted at this point. I'm like, what a day. I get in the elevator and I'm in the elevator with two other players from our team and they start snickering. And I'm like, what are you snickering at? And finally, one of the guys looks at me and he goes, I wasn't going to say anything, but that shit was funny. Apparently, the entire team saw. So, no. Long, talk about insult long, to injury. Long, exactly. But long story long, it's like, okay, can't take yourself too seriously in this industry. Also, be very mindful of wearing heels and where you're walking and oh, man. long nights. So... Wow, I'm so sorry to hear that. And honestly, the we could laugh about it now because I'm sure we uh -huh. all have a tripping story where we've spilled ourselves or ripped pants or something. Like I, have the grace of a baby I empathize. <laughs> <laughs> I empathize with that. Has anyone ever gotten? I'm curious since we're on the topic. Has anyone ever gotten drilled by the football in either a game or practice? I got a, I got a concussion last year by getting hit in the head. They had to put me on the little cart. It was after the game. And the oh. worst part is, is like, so I've had a lot. This was my 10th actual like hospitalized concussion. And I'm not even a football player. But the what? worst part is we were setting what? up to do. You wouldn't be allowed to play in the NFL if you wanted to. I know. One yeah. of my friends calls me Billy Bob from what movie is that? Because if he gets one more concussion. But yeah. And we were setting up to do our post game. And it was, I was standing in front of the camera. And some people were out. And somebody kicked a football. And it hit me in the head. And the worst part is Mike Becton, our camera guy, wasn't even rolling. So I don't even have the video of like, it oh, <laughs> like at no. least that. But yeah, I ended up having, like, it was so embarrassing being like on the little gurney. And I'm just like, hey guys, sorry. They took you on the gurney? They took you off on the gurney? Yeah. You poor thing. Oh my God. So, I literally can't even imagine. That's crazy. So nobody else has been hit by a football? I was, in college I was hit on national uh, television. Those things no. are hard. I got trucked by a player back in my local TV Ooh. news days because I was shooting highlights, high school football, like, and I am, I'm just first job out of college, super mm -hmm. green, shooting high school football highlights. And I mean, this was probably my first season doing it. And yeah, I, and so the thing is too, is I'm the new kid. So the thing I'm worried about is like, protect the camera. I wasn't worried about like tearing an ACL. So like, you know, this running back runs off, you know, off the sideline and gets trucked as he's going out of bounds. And so I'm like, oh, where did he, where did he go? Like, I'm trying to follow, <laughs> you know, and then I'm like, boom. Like, and I just go like straight back. I mean, luckily, I'm oh. short, I'm low to the ground, I didn't have far to fall. But like, my whole thing was like, not the camera, like, I'm going down save out, the so camera, it, yeah, save the lens, yeah. So, that was, I, I absolutely, but I, I too can totally empathize, Madeline. Like, I am the clumsiest, so yeah, Same. tripping, falling, Same. spilling, like, all, all of that to the point where, like, I think almost every game I have like some sort of like back 
backup apparel if I if it happens where I, you know, drop something on myself because now I've just learned that, you know, tied pens and, and you know, the shout wipes just are only going to get you so far. Oh, when you spill man. an entire cup of coffee on yourself, that shout wipe is going to be doing work. <laughs> like, yeah. Or when you spill it, literally any type of food, even though we don't have time to eat usually on, on game day. Yeah. So you like anytime you, you're like stuffing your face and it's like five minutes. I don't know if this happens to you guys, but literally this happens to me all the time because I'm so clumsy. I'm just five minutes before I go on air never fails. I always am eating something yeah, smack dab in the middle. And I'm like, I'm always that person too, who is I'm, I'm super forgetful sometimes too like bring extra outfits you know how like we should always bring extra outfits or an extra pair of shoes keep them in your car yeah yes so i can't even tell you more times than one i've spilt on myself and then legit had to like use my hair to cover (laughs) it up or like (laughs) team report now in post game (laughs) and then to get all the comments she was standing really weird like why was she looking like that on camera (laughs) they say never read the comment section but it's like a moth to the flame you can't look away it's so true you're like keep going (laughs) why don't you love me (laughs) all right ladies well we're gonna wrap this up um thank you guys so much this so to everyone who was listening uh, we're just gonna reiterate it one more time this is one episode of our team reporter series we're gonna get more team reporters on from around the league to talk about our experiences being a female in this industry and just overall laughing enjoying one another which we already do like we said in our little group chat but welcome to a little preview of our group chat ladies thank you so so much for joining me today um I hope your stories give everybody a little laugh and a little bit more insight on what we do as team reporters. But until we all talk again, ladies, thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the New Yorker podcast presented by Visa. Visa.